Amen. Hello. How is everyone doing? Am I on? Can you hear me? Am I working? Am I, am I on? Am I... Hey, okay, good. Just making sure you can hear me. Well, um, this past week has been an interesting week for me, um, and I guess a pretty good week for Tony. He was on top of the mountain, and I was in the belly of a pig or, or something. I don't know what you call it when you get the swine flu, but Monday I um, came down with that and came out of the bedroom Friday and uh, had a fever for a while and 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 it was just kind of humorous to me because I've been uh, wrestling over this book Jonah about how God will uh, do whatever he wants to with whoever he wants to and I was like just had some uh, you know I had a, I had some good times of, of praying and repenting and confessing and um, it was a, a rough week but it was it was a good week honestly I, I I came away thanking God for the swine flu and because uh, God, I believe, used it in my heart. And so I'm here today uh, excited about preaching. Uh, we're going to wrap up the series, but I'm also uh, not 100 percent, but that's OK, because I know who is 100 percent. And that is my God. And I've prayed that God would use this time together, that we'd, we would learn from uh, wrapping up this uh, wonderful book, that God would uh, use it and bless it. And let's. Um, Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to do just that. Father, we thank you so much for your good word tonight. God, I pray that you would open my mouth and speak. God, I pray that you would enter into this place. God, I pray that you would um, have people rise up tonight, God, and say, uh, I I don't want to be Joan anymore. I want to be like you, Jesus. So, Lord, I just pray that you would do that in her heart. God, I pray that you would do that in my heart. I pray, God, that you would do a work in our church as you already have been doing in the past, God. We pray that history would, would repeat Lord, and you would be glorified in this place. God, we love you. We praise you. And we pray this in your good name. Amen. So if you're just catching up with us, if you're just tuning in with us, we are uh, going through the book of Jonah. Um, Jonah is, um, if, if you have a pew Bible in front of you, you want to grab that, um, 1069 in your pew Bible. Um, if not, go to your uh, personal Bible, turn to uh, book of Jonah, chapter 4. We're going to finish this up. We're going to go through chapter 4 tonight, and um, hopefully God will teaches something. So if you're just tuning in, let me just kind of catch you up um, with our story. Um, Jonah is a prophet of God and God calls Jonah to arise and go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh is um, the capital of God's people's enemy. God says, go to that great city, call out against it. Their evil is great. And I want you to proclaim a judgment. Take my pronouncement of judgment to Nineveh. And what did Jonah do? He arose and said no. And he went the other way. He took off trying to get away, went down to Joppa, went down into a boat and tried to go away to Tarshish. But we know through the story that he didn't make it because the Lord hurled a great wind. The storm came and it threatened to break up the ship. The mariners on the boat, they were pagans. They all had probably, they probably had gods that they could put in their pockets. And so they were pulling out anything, praying to it, calling out to it, pulling up something, finding something to pray to because they were probably polytheistic, many gods that were pagans. And then they went to Jonah in the, in the bottom of the ship and says, awake, you sleeper, call out to your God. Maybe he'll listen to you. And so eventually Jonah and the mariners, they find out what's going on. They find out that Jonah's the one that's running and the mariners eventually, reluctantly, they cast Jonah overboard. And Jonah, um, we, we don't know if he's a good swimmer or not, but eventually he starts sinking. He starts 
drowning. He goes pretty deep into the Mediterranean, Mediterranean Sea. And God provides a great fish to swallow him. He spares him. And in that belly of the fish, we find this great, great prayer in Jonah chapter 2. That, that Jonah is, is crying out and saying, salvation belongs to the Lord. But he never really has a deep contrition over his disobedience in that prayer. And he never really prays for deliverance. But what God does is God calls, God causes this fish. He, he, he tells the fish, vomit. And the fish vomits Jonah out onto dry land. Jonah shakes loose some seaweed and some uh, fish food. And he goes straight away to Nineveh. Proclaims his message that God has given him a second time to Nineveh. Because God is gracious to us. He gives us second chances. And he's good to us in that aspect. And we're grateful for that. And God had um, a second chance that he gave to Jonah. And Jonah reluctantly went to Nineveh and we find in Jonah chapter 4 after that great city of Nineveh comes to revival. Jonah goes to this city, preaches a sermon and the whole place gets saved. Now that is something I think most preachers would long to see happen. It's like a Tony goes down, down downtown Gulfport, stands up on a box and preaches in downtown Gulfport and the whole of Mississippi Gulf Coast gets saved. Now, I know Tony. I'm, I might. I, I think that he would probably literally give his left arm for, the, for that to happen. But we see something different in Jonah. We see this, in, this after this great awakening in Jonah chapter 3. After this revival breaks loose from the top to the king all the way to the livestock. The livestock are fasting and repenting. But Jonah, the, the, the story turns, and some of you who've read ahead, read ahead have kind of thought that we're kind of left hanging here a little bit. But let's pick up in our uh, story in Jonah chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. What did? The repentance of Nineveh. The, this word displeased Jonah Jonah actually thought that this was exceedingly evil. So not only did Jonah wasn't just like, man, that's bad. I didn't want that to happen. He he was seething on the inside that this nation, this huge, wealthy, prominent city is crying out to God in repentance. And in Jonah's heart, he sees that as evil, evil. And he was angry. Jonah was upset. In verse two, he said, and we have. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. Okay, now we see his heart. What's really going on here? For I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger. Amen. And abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. See, Jonah, he, he had this enemy nation that he was commissioned to go to. And he had this nationalistic pride that swelled up in him. And, and, and he, he, he hated that idea of going there. Is it possible for pride in our own nation to keep us from being a part of God's purpose in all nations? It can be. I've seen that a lot. I've seen that in, with my own eyes in, in my country. Uh, and I've heard it from people's lips. They would say stuff like, there's no way 
that I would go to some of those places. There's no way I would go on a mission trip. There's no way I would go there to proclaim the gospel. I just assumed God would just annihilate all of them. See, we, we rub shoulders with people in our churches that think like that. There, there's people that really consciously think like that. And, you, and if that's you, you really are Jonah. And see, this is what we see Jonah's heart. This is who, he's, he's coming clean here. Therefore now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me. He's ready for God to kill him again. For it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? He's like, really? You're going to be mad? Is that how it's going to be? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city. Jonah, here at this point, in verse 5, he is hoping for fireworks. He is hoping that God would do something astonishing and just obliterate Nineveh. He's waiting for it. God used different nations. God would use different rivers that would be dammed up and would, and would flood. And, and eventually, Nineveh gets destroyed. A nation comes in and dams up one of the rivers and floods them out. And Nineveh lays desolate still to this day. You can look in Google Maps in Mosul, Iraq. And you, see, you can see the outer walls. The Nineveh ruins. And all around it, there's houses and shops and stuff. Nineveh, in God's purpose, was going to go away eventually anyway. But not through Jonah. Jonah had this proclamation, and through this proclamation, this city would, would, would come to repentance. He said Jonah made a booth for himself. He made like a tent. He set up shop waiting why wouldn't he go home? Because, well, again, he's probably over 550 or maybe 600 miles from home. So, I mean, he's had a rough journey. So he's just not going to go and preach this message these three days that he has in Nineveh and, 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 and head home. So he sets up shop right outside the city in a tent, little booth. He sat under it in the shade till he would see what would come of the city. Now, the Lord God appointed a plant. Look how gracious God is. Appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade over his head to save him from his discomfort, which that is also a term that can be used for evil. So Jonah is sitting here in evil and God's trying to release some of that evil that's going on. It's not just a, a, um, a, a heat or a, or a, a fatigue that he, or, or just a... Being out exposed to the elements that Jonah's problem here. He's got some internal issues going on. He's got, he's at war right now. And so God is trying to bless him in the middle of that. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. But Jonah, but God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. 
And the Lord said, you pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city, which there are more than 120 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle. And the book ends. The book of Jonah ends with the word livestock. I bet you didn't know that, huh? See, God is dealing with the heart of a man here. But we also see the heart of God in this chapter as well. As we summarize and wrap up this book, there's a lot that just climbs off these pages that, teach, that, that can teach us some incredible things about our God. We see blatantly obvious this sovereignty of God that just is screaming at us in this book. He is sovereign over n- nature. He, he sends the wind to threaten the ship. He appoints the fish to swallow up Jonah. This oceanic gag reflex that he's in control of as well because the fish to vomit. God's sovereign over that. He's sovereign over the plant, the worm, and the wind. God is sovereign over all of nature. And we see Jesus flesh that out too as he simply strolls upon the waters. As he simply says phrases to storms and they say, yes, sir, we're out of here. God is sovereign over nature and God is sovereign over nations as well. If he wants to bring nations and kingdoms up or down, he can. God can do that. God's people cannot outrun God's pursuit. I think we can run, but we can't hide. Some of y'all know Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Maybe you're thinking of somebody running and trying to get away, but they couldn't hide. Not only is God a sovereign God, but God's a merciful God. He's merciful towards sinful pagans. In the boat, they all deserve to go under. But God showed his mercy to not just uh, Jonah with the fish, but to the pagan sailors as they, they, they went on maybe all the way to Tarshish. They made, it, they made their journey. God is merciful. And he's uh, merciful towards selfish prophets. He shows mercy to the unrighteous and to the self-righteous. See, God is a merciful God towards his people, even though sometimes his people are stubborn. And selfish. And we puff up and say, no, I'm not doing that. And we wake up and we say, I know what I need to do. This is my plan. This is my goal. And I'm sure God will be okay with it. And we don't think once about going before the counsel of of God and just saying, laying it before him, say, what do I do? Where do I go? I'm willing. I'm open. I'm obedient. I'm yours. The mercy of God can be celebrated in the fact that God's capacity to forgive is greater than our capacity to sin. And that's good news. Because our capacity to sin is great. You are capable of some atrocious things. But God's mercy is greater than your capacity to sin. God also is a global God. He loves his people and Jonah represents his people. He represents the whole whole of God's people. He loves Jonah. 
you see his, his firm hand of love on Jonah and he provides for Jonah and he, and he, and he comes back and forth with Jonah about the plant and the worm and, and he's reaching out to Jonah and he's pushing back from Jonah and he, he, he's loving Jonah through all of this. But God loves his people, but he also loves his people for the sake of all peoples. Now, I know we talk a lot about missions. And I think sometimes we forget that the Bible talks a lot about missions. And the Bible talks a lot about the nations coming to him. And this book of Jonah is about a pagan nation that was a a charge from God to God's man to go and proclaim somewhere else. It was maybe uncomfortable to another nation, to another people. And we see all throughout Scripture that God has a heart for the nations. From Genesis all the way through to Revelation. In Genesis, we see God's covenant in all of, or all of the earth. And, he's, and he sends out Ab- Abram in, in Genesis 12 and Exodus, where it says, I've raised you up for this very purpose, that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. In Deuteronomy, to show understanding to all the nations. Even in Joshua, this, this, this story of Joshua where God seems like he's just wiping out nations. But we also see in Joshua that God has a heart for the peoples of the earth. That the peoples of the earth might know who the real God is. And in 1 Samuel, we see that the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And in the book of Kings, First and Second Kings, Hezekiah prays, O oh Lord, you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. The book of Chronicles, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among the peoples. O families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Let the earth be glad. Let them sing among the nations. The Lord reigns so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord, that, that your name and fear you. All throughout the book of Psalms, we see time and time again throughout the book of Psalms that God says, proclaim among the nations what I've done. All the families and the nations will bow down before me. Their words to the ends of the earth. All the, all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's. The nations will praise you forever and ever. I will be exalted among the nations. God reigns over the nations. Like your name, O God, your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. From the rising of the sun, to the to the place where it's set sing among the nations god has a heart for the nations all throughout the old testament and you come to this book jonah where where god is just showing us a picture of his heart for the nations and 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 really the the climax of the book of jonah is in chapter four and the biggest verse the biggest statement is when God says, should I not have pity on Nineveh, that great city? All throughout Isaiah, many peoples will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He lifts up a banner for the distant nations. He whistles for those to the ends of the earth. Fill the earth with the knowledge of the Lord. In that day, may the root of Jesse, it will stand as a banner for the peoples, the nations. From the ends of the earth, we will hear singing glory to the righteous one. The Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples. Over and over and over through the book of Isaiah, through the book of Jeremiah, says, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And Ezekiel and Daniel and Zephaniah, nations on every shore will worship you. And Haggai, that God may be the desire of the nations. 
My nations will be joined with the Lord, and that day will become my people. That's Zechariah. The prophets all throughout the Old Testament are proclaiming God's heart for pagan people. For people who don't know their right hand from their left, as Nineveh. And we sometimes miss this because we swell up with pride. We're God's people. God's for us. And yes, he's for us. I'm glad he's for us. Because if he wasn't for us, we wouldn't be here. But God's also for them. That pagan sailor that you work with. That person that's Nineveh. They don't know their right hand from their left. That you go to school with. That God's bringing them to himself. And we shift gears to the New Testament. Throughout the Gospels, your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth. The Gospel will be preached to the whole world. The Gospel must first be proclaimed to all the nations, and then the end will come. Look, I I walk the same earth you do, and I see some of the, the horrible things that we see all the time. You want to really see some bad things is read world news. Don't just read Yahoo News. Read BBC News. Read some of the the news that's going on in the world. It's a terrible place. And I long for the day when God calls us home, when he rolls credits and it's over. But that's not going to happen until the gospel is proclaimed to all the nations. I want to go home. I want to be with Jesus. I'm tired of sorrow and suffering and pain. But God has a global project that he's working on. And we see that clearly in the Old Testament, the New Testament, especially the book of Jonah. He's a global God. What do we learn about Jonah? He wanted his way more than he wanted God's will. And sometimes we need to pause and ask ourselves a question. Do we want our way more than we want God's will? And I think a lot of us in here would say, no, 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 no. I want God's will for my life. Well, how much do you pray, God, I want your will. Forgive me if I want my way. Show me. How, how, how much are you praying things like that? God, I want your will. Show me your will. I don't want my way. I don't want my kingdom. I don't want my will. I want your kingdom and your will. He desired the good of his nation more than, more than he desired the gospel in other nations. Jonah also knew the character of God in his head, but he ignored the compassion of God in his heart. Jonah's a guy who had it pretty much nailed down up here. But he was so amiss here. And I think on a Sunday night crowd, a lot of us are, you know, we're through the week, we're, we're striving to, to really do what's right and what God wants us to do. But sometimes we might have it right here, but not here. That's where Jonah was. And Jonah was more concerned about his own empty desires than he was about others' eternal destinies. Jonah cared more about the shade over his head than the salvation of others. And we look at Jonah and we're like, how can you be like that? But what do we worry about more? What do we stress out about more? What are we wigging out about more? What are we losing losing sleep more about? This past week, what did you lose sleep about? Did you lose sleep about nations by droves going to hell? Or was it the mortgage payment? Or was it 
a, a, wanting a better, newer car? Or was it a test coming up? Or was it a... Man, that, that shade was good. I'm glad God provided that. But that wasn't what God's heart was for Jonah. He failed to connect the mercy of God in his own life with the mission of God in the world. He was fine with God's mercy in his life, but he wasn't interested in it for others. We learn a lot about Jonah. Kind of look at ourselves with those things too. But the, the book of Jonah is about the gospel. The book of Jonah is about Jesus. He's the star. He's the star of the Bible. He's the star of this book. He's much different than Jonah. We see this selfishness of Jonah. He reluctantly preaches to sinners the need of God's grace. He goes to the city filled with his enemies. As a result, people in Nineveh are temporarily spared from the judgment of God. The selflessness of Jesus, on the other hand, he relentlessly pursues sinners in need of God's grace. That's why you are sitting here. He's relentlessly pursuing you. And he goes to the cross for the sake of his enemies. As a result, people in all nations can be eternally saved from the wrath of God. He's a much better prophet than Jonah. In Matthew chapter 12, we see Jesus referring to Jonah. We get, Jesus gives this story some credibility. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38 said, um, Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, saying, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to you except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up at judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater is here. Jesus is saying, you, you know that story, Jonah? Yeah, it's about me. I'm greater than Jonah. He goes into the belly of the earth and he rises up. And we see this miraculous rescue. Jonah was alive after three days in this fish. Three days in this fish, alive. And Jesus, after three days in the grave, was alive. When you think Nineveh, by the way, it means town of fish. Fish town. When you think Nineveh, when Jonah shows up, people would be like, man, you got to listen to him. He's been, he's been in the belly of a fish. Wouldn't you think that Jesus has been in the belly of the earth, pulled down off the cross after three days? Wouldn't you think we'd need to listen to him? Better listen to him. It's a message of repentance. Jonah, repent for the judgment of God is coming. That was his message to Nineveh. Jesus, his message is re repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. That's the message for us. Salvation for the Ninevites through the preaching of Jonah, salvation for the nations, through the gospel of Jesus. I think there's a charge for Jonah, and there's a charge for us. Jonah's charge was to go and preach. May we surrender our lives to the Great Commission, to go and preach the gospel, no matter what it means. May we live for the gospel to spread to all nations more then we long to be safe and secure and satisfied in our own nation. Let me ask you this. Have you prayed something like this? God, what nation do you want me to preach to? We don't pray stuff like that. Because we think there's no way that God would want me to live in another nation. There's no way that God would want me to preach to another, another people group. 
Maybe we should pray stuff like that. God, where do you want me to preach? Where do you want me to go? I'm going to take these fishy Jonah shoes off and I'm throwing them away and I'm going to go wherever you want me to go. Oh, well, God hadn't really called me to go to another nation. How do you know? Are you listening? Some would say, well, you think we all should be missionaries. Well, do we think anyone should be a missionary? Oh, how blessed you would be if that was your calling in life. To leave lands, to leave family, to leave comfort, to leave home, to go, to travel to distant shores, to take the message of the gospel where it's never been. Oh, how blessed you would be if that was you. I know there's people in this room right now that God has been chasing you down and you have been hightailing it the other way. And he's working on your heart and he's tugging on your heart and he's calling you out. Listen, obey, do what he says. May we ask God to fill our heads with his truth from the word and our hearts with his love for the world. May we, may we be okay with forsaking comfort and cares and concerns in this world for the sake of the souls in the world to come. May we use the grace of God in us for the glory of God around us, in our towns, in our neighborhoods, in our cities, in the world around us. You know, I've said for about five weeks that I am Jonah, but I don't want to say that anymore. I don't want to be like Jonah. I, don't, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like him who laid down his life for the sake of others. And he went where no one wanted to go. And you know what? He came and found you. I don't want to be Jonah. Y'all have called me Jonah the past couple weeks in the hallway. Let's not call each other Jonah anymore. I think God is sending his message to the ends of the earth. We're going to stand and have an invitation. If you're a believer in this place, I think you should praise him for his grace that is extended to you. You should praise him for the fact that God's global effort made it to the utter parts of the world in Gulfport, Mississippi. It didn't start here. It made it to you. You should praise him for that. And you should also join him in his global effort to reach the nations. If you're lost today, God's global gospel has has reached your shores tonight. It's here. Repent, believe, drink in deep the forgiveness and the grace that is offered freely to you. Let's stand as we pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. God, I thank you for your word. And I thank you for your compassion. Thank you, God, that you have called people to yourself you've poured out your mercy on us in this room Lord I pray that we would be so bold as to say Lord wherever you want us to go we'll go and we see your concern for the nations we see your concern for for Nineveh God I pray that we would share your your concern for our cities and our neighborhoods and our neighboring countries and states, God. Pray that you would send us forth. But we don't want to be like Jonah. 
We don't want to be the example that's used of someone running from you, wrestling with a hard heart, their own plans and their own goals. We don't want to be that person. So, Lord, as we have this time of response to you, God, I pray that we would listen to what you're calling us to do. I pray that you would call us out, Lord. I pray that we would be so bold as to repent of sin. God, I know there's been people for these past weeks, they felt like they've been in the belly of a fish. So, God, I pray that you would, if that's the case, Lord, I pray that you would let your kindness pour over them until they joyfully experience repentance. So, Lord, move in this place. We give you the honor and the glory, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you stand and come?